Welcome everyone to Curtain Jerks, the podcast that brings you the fun and funny of wrestling each and every week, even if it's a day or two late because one is in New York now heading back to Los Angeles and is home. I am your host, Scott Narver. Uh, I'm a YouTuber, a podcaster, a podcast journalist, uh, working for Fox Sports. That's a thing. That's a thing I do. Um, it's still, they still let it happen. They didn't tear up the contract yet or anything like that. I do comedy. I do, uh, I did a movie once. It might see the light of day. I did a couple of movies, I guess. Um, hopefully some of them don't see the light of day. I do all kinds of things, but I'm here talking to you about wrestling. Why? I love it. I love it so much, and I love all things that are strange and unusual about it. And uh, I love it so much, I get on a plane and I travel across the United States of America because, yeah, sure, I got wrestling that's right here in my backyard, but is that enough for me? Nah. No, I got to get on a plane, got to go to the other side of the country and say, what wrestling you got over here? I want to see what's over here. And they say, oh, well, we got a SummerSlam. That's right. Went to New York, went to Brooklyn. Went to see a friend of mine, a long, a long-time friend, who I tried to convince to come on this podcast after I dragged him to SummerSlam. A friend Bodger, who uh, you may have seen his photo on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, that one was since high school. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, one of the funniest people I know. And uh, it's just like, nah, I'm not gonna do a show. He's like my brother. He's like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. But uh, I'll, I'll tell stories of him nonetheless, and he will never know of it. Um, so. Went out for the shows, went out with Wrestling Compadre Slamcast, went out with a couple of those guys, with Johnny and Dale, and um, went to shows. Went to shows. I'll get all into that in a little bit, because that's so much to talk about, so much to cover. First off, I gotta talk about this, because this is really exciting to me. I love the crossover. I love when wrestlers show up on different shows, because it's like, it's the crossover in comics. You get to see... Batman go over and fight Spider-Man and pummel his face in. You know, we we rarely see that. And if we do, they're not great crossovers. So we got a crossover. We got formerly Damian Sandow heading over to TNA Impact Wrestling. And he's going by a new name. In case you didn't know, he's now Aaron Rex. His name is Aaron. Fine. Good. The Rex part? I don't know. You know... I said I'm a podcast journalist. I should have looked up his actual name. I can do that now. Is that his name? Is is his last name Rex? Like a like a dog from the 50s? I should hope not. I thought it was Stevens. Am I am I totally wrong on this? So what does one do when they look up on uh, Wikipedia? You don't type in Aaron Rex and hope for the best. No, you type in Damian Sando. Okay, here we go. Here's here's the real journalism doing. Okay, so it was Aaron Stevens in uh, Developmental. Idol Stevens, all this other stuff. But Aaron Stephen Haddad. I didn't know that. Aaron Stephen Haddad. I'll be honest, I rarely care about wrestlers' real names because I feel like if you call them that, they get mad at you because you're not their mother or their lover. And that's the only people that, that can do that. So I'd probably go, Oh, hey, man. Hey, Aaron Stephen Haddad. Could I get an autograph? I see you were born April 3rd, 1982. What's up, dude? What's up? Uh, that he's just going to punch me around my throat and not have any of it. So, Haddad. Interesting. I don't, I don't know why Rex. I don't, know, I don't know why that one was available. Granted, there's some unusual 
last names that are being picked in wrestling nowadays. I'm, I think it's weird now. In, in three months, I will think it's the most normal thing in the world. I'll probably forget to even think to call him Damian Sandow. I'll just say Aaron Rex. And then anybody else who watches wrestling will go, who? Who the fuck is Aaron Rex? What are you talking about? TNA? That's still a thing? They didn't go out of business? Let me see. Does it say anything about why he's called Rex? <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing anything. If you know why he's called Rex, by all means, please tell me why. So, it's exciting. He showed up on TNA live. They plugged the hell out of it. it, was, it was, the story broke on uh, Rolling Stone, I believe. And, um, yeah, he got a live mic saying... Here's what the previous company was afraid to do. Give me a live mic. And um, didn't say anything scathing. Just that sort of generic, like, the things are going to happen now. Oh, man, the bathrobes are off. He didn't say that, but uh, I'm excited to see him on there. Moose also showed up in TNA. He was in ROH, just a gigantic black dude that power bombs people really, really hard. Uh, harder than he probably should. Former football player of the uh, New England uh, Jet Streams? No, the um, the the Minnesota Fruitcakes. No, wait, hold on. Wait, I can remember. I don't need to look at Wikipedia. Moose was a former player for the NFL Jacksonville Orangutans. I think that's what it is. Jacksonville Orangutans. Don't look it up. And if you know football, good for you. <laughs> Way to go. I don't know it. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what TNA's got going on. Billy Corrigan is now the president. It's just crazy shit going on over there. I'm, I'm liking it. I like crazy. It's a thing. And Aaron Rex doesn't lend itself to crazy, but he's throwing himself in that title picture right now. They got their WrestleMania popping up. They're bound for glory. So something cool could come out of this. I don't know, but I'm intrigued, and I'm watching, and uh, in other great news, Brother Nero is now broken as well. That's right, Matt Hardy was broken, and now Jeff Hardy is broken as well. They're the broken boys, the broken Hardy brothers, the broken Nero, Nero band, I don't know, they're broken, they're super fucking weird, it's wildly entertaining, Matt is the funniest thing in wrestling, that's, uh, that's, that's what needs to be said. Matt Hardy is the funniest thing in wrestling, good or bad. If, you, if you're like, yeah, it's funny and it's terrible, whatever, you're laughing. Sometimes you just got to take that. Sometimes there's Larry the Cable, guys, and sometimes there's Bill Hicks, you know? And either way, if you laugh, you laugh. And that's what we need to forget the, about the inevitable doom of, you know, eating so many chicken McNuggets, your heart explodes. It's all going to happen. I've eaten way too many chicken McNuggets in my life to live a long life. <laughs> I'm going at 46. I'm coming. I'm coming. So, back to New York. Uh, no, actually not back to New York. I need a breather. I need to sleep. Oh, exhausting, but wild and great. So, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. I don't watch a lot of NXT. It's not my thing. It's the... It's not that it's not my thing. I should retract that. It's, there's so much wrestling in a given week. I watch a lot of it. I try and keep up on Impact Wrestling, ROH, Lucha Underground when it's on, and the majority of WWE programming. 
Plus, I like to watch old stuff on occasion. Some classic stuff, some primetime wrestling, some Saturday night's main events, some old manias, you know, just some other stuff to, to enjoy the old and new. I can't just do new all the time. It's, 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 uh, it's maddening. Uh, I, I like to relive the classics, relive old characters, relive old storylines. Just something I enjoy. Um, and NXT takes the hit. I just don't have time for it. I know it's only an hour and everything else is two and above, but I just can't, I can't do it. So going there was great. Seeing the show live was wonderful. I knew about the majority of the people, either in discussion from talking about on Wrestling Compadre Slamcast or on SmackDown. And uh, seeing these guys in action and having the, hey, I'm in the crowd, wow me. Go ahead, wow me. And there were some people that definitely wowed me. It was great to see Samoa Joe on the biggest stage I've ever seen him on, because you've heard me say it on the show before. Man was back there in UPW, Ultimate Pro Wrestling here in SoCal. Uh, these, these, the, the minor, minor leagues, uh, you know, take any of your local indie shows. That's what UPW was, but UPW was being scouted by WWE. And guys, back then, sure, I saw John Cena. Sure, I saw Victoria. More importantly, I saw the biggest star of them all back then. That's right, Nathan Jones. <laughs> Yeah, Nathan Jones was a pretty big deal at UPW because he was seven feet tall, and how could anyone not be a gigantic deal in the Indies when you're seven feet tall? So Nathan Jones was pushed to the moon there, and it was gross. But whatever, he's in movies now, and he rocks there. But Samoa Joe was one of those guys, and Samoa Joe was great. Samoa Joe was a guy I took to right away. And to see him in a, an arena with 15, 20,000 people, whatever it was, sold out, and have him face Nakamura was great. Uh, I, was, I was really excited for a guy that I've met in passing a couple of times that doesn't know who I am at all, but I'm a fan, and that's what being a fan is sometimes, is just being, just being this wave of support, and that's what it felt like. It, I, I got to be there and, and cheer like, that's my boy, look at that, that's my son. That's your son, the, the gigantic Samoan guy? That's him. Oh, his mother's dead now, but, oh, we, I raised him. That's right. I breastfed him. That's, how did you breastfeed that man? I breastfed him when he was a lonely boy. So I breastfed him Skittles. I would just tape them to my bosom, and he would just slowly gum them off of there and eat them. Ah, yes. I used to call him Skittle Joe. Now, no, you, that... There's no way you called your son Skittle Joe. I called him Skittle Joe, and then the authorities showed up uh, promptly and tasered me and beat me to the ground and brought him back to his parents. I need money. It was something like that. Uh, I'm tired, if you haven't been able to tell. <laughs> I haven't slept a whole lot this past week. So that was rad. Seeing Bailey uh, in person was great, uh, but to not get a hug, I was, I was just far enough away in the crowd that I couldn't get a hug. So you know what? Fuck you, Bailey. <laughs> I feel like that's what New Yorkers should do if they can't get a hug from Bailey. Hey, Bailey, come here. Come on. say, Come on. Bring them sweet cheeks and cans and face. Come on. Give me a hug. No hug? Fuck you, Bailey. You fucking bitch. Um, but no. No. I, she's, she's adorable. She's no AJ Lee, 
she skips. Can't get more adorable than that, but Bailey's a sweetheart, and it was great to see her in those, the wacky inflatable arm guys, which I feel I could do. If they ever have a WrestleMania where they're calling people up to do that, they're like, we need really oddly shaped people with super long arms to just be that in, in real life, like an Undertaker druid? I could do that. That's me. I, that's my thing. I, I got that. I got that shit down. I've been dancing like that for years. But I would be remiss to mention the, the best thing of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2 live was without question Bobby Roode. Him wrestling? No, I don't care. Whatever. I've seen Bobby Roode wrestle plenty of times. It's fine. Great. Good for him. Congrats on the job. That's awesome. But I had heard about uh, the song. So I hadn't seen the show, but I heard about the song. I heard about Glorious. I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, cool. They're, they're, they're always coming up with great songs in, in the WWE. So that's no shocker to me. I was in the Forbidden Planet with my buddy Bodger in, in New York. Um, it's, a, it's a gigantic comic shop. Just a bunch of cool stuff, you know. Hard to find weird movies, uh, comic books galore, t-shirts, toys, everything nerd. A little bit of wrestling stuff there. A little bit. Uh, like a couple of commemorative glasses, which are super weird. Um, and then some, some pop, uh, some Funko Pops. Those were there. And then at one point, I see one of the guys behind the cash register. Uh, they were showing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the store. And uh, the audio is playing. And then when that ends, he switches it over to music. So the music, yeah, it's a couple songs, like a couple of cool rock songs. And then I see him get all giddy because he did something with an iPod or I don't know what. And then I hear, glorious. I will defend, I will defend till I'm victorious. And the guy is just beaming. And then the guy next to him behind the counter is also beaming and smiling and laughing. And I figure it out. I've, I've seen the glorious bombs on Twitter. And it's hard to tell because on the phone it's a... And I got enough of the, the tune to understand what it is. But I didn't know really what it was and then so this is finally hearing it over a nice speaker system and um they're smiling and they're giggling and the guy who's clearly their manager walks over and goes like what is this why are you guys smiling like what the hell are you playing and the guy goes it's wrestling dude it's glorious he goes like all right okay and he shrugs it off like doesn't really care because clearly these guys do this all the time and then you see the guy pause, the manager, he sort of pauses and listens again as it hits the glorious again. And he just, like, you see him break a little bit and go like, oh, this is pretty fucking cool. Like, it reads on his face. He doesn't say it. He doesn't want to admit that something of wrestling is awesome. He just kind of goes like, ah, uh, yeah, no, this, this sounds like Queen. This sounds like it could have been a Flash Gordon. This is fucking cool. But he keeps his, tries to keep it cool amongst the employees because he's in charge. You don't do that in front of your employees. You don't, you don't bow down and go on their level and say, what a wonderful thing you plebeians have. No! No, you got to keep command. Got to keep command of that ship. So seeing that, 
they're doing the video package of Bobby Roode, and then the the arena starts to go dark. And as it goes dark, I'm sitting there with Dale and Bill Hanstock, who's a, a great host and a wonderful writer. Um, check his stuff out. Uh, you see, you see a man in a robe with his back to us, and you you see just from faint light or people taking uh, photos off their phone with a flash, little glints of light from up above, and you can tell it's it's the outline of a man, and there's going to be some lowering down, and I just start screaming, oh shit, oh shit, and pointing <laughs> like I'm all excited, and also terrified we're going to get like a Sting Owen Hart situation where it's something he's just going to drop. It's like, oh no, 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 a man, a man's going to fall. But they have it more secure than that. They turn the Bad News Barrett lift into something else. And if you haven't seen it, come on, even I saw it. The glorious entrance that is Bobby Roode is second to none. That is absolutely stunning. I could say glorious, but fuck, that's redundant, and every podcast has done it, I'm sure. Uh, to be there live for that, to, for his debut match, and to see that, uh, I, it was a drug. It was a fucking drug. I couldn't get enough of it. I didn't want it to end. I wanted him, from him walking, for him being lowered down on the lift to walking down the ramp, um, gesturing to the, the screens to, you know, show glorious and fireworks, entering the ring, bouncing off the ropes, just reveling in this bathing golden light. Uh, fuck it. Go back and do it again. Do it in reverse. You can play the song in reverse and I'd be fine with this. I loved it. I loved it so much. And then whoever the fuck came out, Bob Backlund's bastard son with suspenders. I don't know. I don't care. I saw Bobby Roode and Glorious. Wrap this shit up and play the song again. Let this be a squash match. Let him fight like how Braun Strowman fights on Raw. Wrap it up. Let's go. That was the best, and I was, I was, I got, I got livid in my chair, like, just fucking win so I can hear the song again. I did not want anything else out of that show. I just wanted more of that, and it was a drug, and I went home. I didn't go home. I went back uh, to where I was staying that night with Bodger, and uh, immediately bought that shit on iTunes. I showed it to Bodger and said, like, look at this, look at this. This is what happened tonight. And showed him the entrance, and uh, I got that song stuck in his head that weekend. And he, I, I was, it was bad because I didn't make it clear enough. I was, you know, sprinkling to Bodger throughout the weekend, saying like, "Oh, you're gonna see this guy, and there's this guy," and he doesn't watch it regularly. He hears names in pop culture, or from me, but he was thinking then when I was talking about him that we were gonna see him at SummerSlam, and so he got really excited. And then after the show, he goes. Hey, where the fuck was that glorious guy? I'm like, oh, sorry, that was yesterday. He's like, oh, damn it. I misunderstood. But, whatever. Back to Barclays. So, yes, at Barclays Center, pretty good arena. Not too shabby. They've got some good food stuff. I know I know. Uh, that's always a topic of the show is what kind of food does an arena have? Uh, they had a, had a burger. I'm trying to remember what was all in it. It was like a burger with a chicken a fried chicken breast in it and french fries and cheese that was pretty damn good i was a big fan of that uh their nachos weren't great you know i'm always a nacho guy i'm going to wrestling i want nachos and their cheese to, to chip ratio 
was poor. Barclays, your nachos, not impressed. I didn't slam you on Twitter because I didn't think you would look or care. I was just happy to have my nachos. I was too busy making dick jokes about wrestlers. But let it be known on the podcast, Barclays, I don't like your nachos. I could have had nachos three nights in a row, and I did not. So, uh, Barclays, other than that, is a pretty good arena. Uh, T-Mobile in Vegas, I think, is better. But it's still pretty damn good. And the fact that they housed wrestling for three nights in a row is, is great. So, back there to SummerSlam, it's, it's wonderfully convenient to get right off the subway, and it pours right into the arena. Uh, I love that. And, uh... Had the privilege of meeting some fans, some very nice fans that have listened to me from everything that's not this show, sadly. So for those of you who listen to this show, some of you who I've met before, uh, you're the best. I love you. Uh, I will rank you. Uh, You're above them because this is the thing that I love more than anything. And them bastards listen to other stuff. After Buzz? Come on, we're just talking SmackDown. But whatever. It was great. It It was really cool to just... It's very surreal to meet someone. I can't, I can't get used to the idea of someone knowing who I am and I don't know who they are. That's Someone, someone yelled. I was on my phone outside the Barclays Center and someone yells, Scott Narver! And that, that, you know, that startles. That's startling. That's it's stunning, startling, and frightening because you don't know what that is when someone yells your full name like that. Um... And he just lists off things that I did, or do, rather. Curtain jerks, wrestling compadres, on your mark, what up? High fives me, and then walks away. I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do. I was just told things that I do. It seemed to be approving, since he gave me a high five. didn't give me AIDS through a needle, uh, just injecting it into my hand. So I guess he's okay with me. So to that person who high-fived me, thank you. I was too stunned to say much else. Um, SummerSlam. I took Bodger to the show. Like I said, I've, I've, I, uh, Bodger doesn't watch. Uh, he's, you know, he's seen on and off when he was a kid. Uh, then post-high school, we'd watch some stuff. I took him to a Raw one time. I took him to the Raw where uh, I was hoping to get him on the show to tell the story, but I'll tell it to him anyway. Fuck him. Uh, I took him to the Raw where Kane and Hurricane won the tag team championship. Bodger likes to drink. Bodger makes up for drinking where I don't drink. Uh, uh, And that night, he had a number of beers and fell asleep during the show, which is amazing. He fell asleep during Kane's entrance. And we had pretty good seats. So we're on that second... We're, we're on that first raised tier. You know, right level with the ring. Basically where the hard camera is, but on the other side, so we're, we're facing the hard camera. And um, so, you know, off in the stage area, Kane's pyro goes off. It's just fire. And if you've ever been to a live event with Kane... Uh, you can feel that fire, even from far away. And then when he does the fire inside the ring, that was really hot, really loud, and uh, doesn't do anything. Bodger's just sleeping right through it. It was awesome. So 
I had expectations of, hey, Bodger might fall asleep during the show. It's four hours, for God's sakes. It's five because I want to go to all the pre-show stuff. So I gave him fair warnings like, Jesus Christ. But all right. But Bodger's into theatrics and performance and film and stand-up comedy. So I know there's always something for him to enjoy. And he did. He got, he got into the show and it was awesome to see. It's awesome to see the power of wrestling through somebody else who doesn't follow or enjoy wrestling. Like they'll enjoy it because they're there to a degree, but to get wrapped up in it, stand up, cheer, yell, that's the best. That is the absolute best. And that is what happened. Um, like I said, Bodger didn't, he didn't follow any of these guys. He's heard of names, but when John Cena, AJ Styles, when that happened, Bodger got way into the show. He was cheering and hollering uh, and, you know, counting the two counts and all that. And, and with him not knowing the finishers or the difference between finishers, signature moves, and just big moves, saying like, that's it, that's it, he's done, he's, what? You know, freaking out. It was the best. It was so cool to see that. And, you know, stayed awake through the whole show, had a good time, um, and laughed his ass off when, when the crowd reacted to the new Universal Championship. That was absurd. That was, I can laugh at all sides. I don't, I don't have a stake in this. I understand Mick Foley, Seth Rollins, and others have said what they've said about the Universal Championship and what they missed out on as far as a match. I was merely an observer. When I saw them have the new championship on the table under the velvet uh, cloth, I saw the outline of it and I thought, boy, that looks like the same shape as the WWE title. No, there's no way. And I disregarded it. I go, there's no way that would be it. That's silly. Why would it be the exact same thing? They pull it off and it's just a different color. And I was underwhelmed. That was it. I was just like, oh, that sucks. That's not creative. It took you a month to come up with that. That's stupid. Whatever. That's the belt. But I guess I was in the minority because the fans there were angry. My God. I don't know how they leave the house with their, with their significant others. What are you wearing? Oh my God, you look like a fat piece of shit in that stupid thing. Boo! You're the worst girlfriend I've ever seen. Boo! Fuck you and your handbag. Oh, it looks terrible. That doesn't match your shoes. Boo! I fucking dump you. Boo! They were so angry at an accessory. A title. A belt. Something that someone holds and goes around their waist more often than not their shoulder. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can be upset about a shitty looking belt. I've thought some titles here and there look kind of stupid. I think the US title doesn't look too great, but whatever. I think the tag titles, the pennies are stupid. Whatever. I like the design. The, the, the They've got the... The Spartan helmets, you know, the Gladiator helmets. The SmackDown ones they debuted look better, but am I really going to give a shit? No, it's not my money. I, I don't get to choose it, so whatever. Uh, I didn't care that much. <laughs> New York did. Uh, it seemed petty and strange, but man, every time they got that in the shot and the crowd booed, it was pretty funny. Um, 
And then the main event, which had people up in arms, and people were confused, apparently. Brock Lesnar going into business for himself. Oh, shit. Brock Lesnar's elbowing Randy Orton in the head because he's done with the match. He's, he hates wrestling so much, he's main eventing a show, getting paid for it, goes out there and decides, you know what, I'm going to elbow a man in the head to the point where they stop it, and then I can go home. Come on. Come on, where's the logic in that? That's not, that's not a thing. And then, they, and then everyone would be fine with it? Like, everyone in the company goes, oh, well, I guess Brock fucked up the main event. We won't do anything about that. Royal Rumble, I mentioned this uh, on Wrestling Compadre's Timecast, Royal Rumble 2005, when Batista and John Cena famously go over the top rope at the same time in the fuck-up, and then they have to go back and restart it, Vince McMahon comes out because he gets fucked up, and he goes in there and fixes it. Someone, Triple H, Vince McMahon, somebody would come out and say, no, fix it. Staple his head, do the rest of the match. This was intended to happen. People are speculating why. People are turning on Brock. They hate him. They say MMA is dull and boring, shouldn't be in wrestling. Well, doesn't matter. It served its purpose. You hate Brock Lesnar. It's it's what they wanted. You hate him. I love him. I think he's awesome. Because if I didn't, he would kill me. He would murder my face. So I love you, Brock. But I do love him regardless. Because he's an anomaly. And he does weird, cool, different shit. And he made Randy Orton bleed a lot, which was great. Um, that was all a lot of fun. And then we went to Raw the next night. You know, I thought I was going to be feeling it. I thought I was going to go like, oh, I don't want to go to Raw. This is too much. But it wasn't that bad. Uh, Raw still just too long. I don't care how long you have for other events. SummerSlam could be five hours. I don't care. As long as Raw eventually goes to two. That's all I want. I just want the weekly stuff to be palatable in two, one hour, hour and a half, anywhere in there, great. If they go shorter, great. But, man, three-hour raw and everything else, that's what's rough. But if you give me special events that are four, I'm okay with it. I don't prefer it, but I'm okay with it. Uh, and then having, you know, I'll, I'll say this. We did um, we did some interviews, Wrestling Compadre Slamcast. We did some interviews that weekend. Um, we did Sami Zayn, we did Sheamus and Baron Corbin, all of which were very enjoyable. I got to be a part of, which I was thrilled. I, I'm, I'm thrilled with each one of them. I think they're, they're really great. And th- those are coming out soon on those episodes. Um, but one of them that we did that weekend was, it was on, it was on Saturday. So the day before SummerSlam, talked to Finn Balor. And that was, that was really great. I was really excited. And, um, Finn's a newer guy to me. And to hear him tell his story, we didn't say like, hey man, how did this all happen? Tell us your thing. He just sort of worked his way into his own story and talking about, uh, that episode is up and available now, by the way. You can hear him tell it much better than me and with that cool Irish accent. Basically talking about what he hinted at at Raw is if you believe in yourself, anything is possible, which I don't really talk about a whole lot on here, but uh, I very much believe that more now than I ever did. I had a lot of trouble believing that for myself throughout the years. Uh, I wasted a lot of time uh, just not believing in myself whatsoever. And when I finally started to, things in my life changed for the better. So I flock to stuff like that now. That is a big thing for me. A guy like Diamond Dallas Page, a guy like Finn Balor, who have this philosophy in this life, 
that I share uh, means a lot to me. And um, just going against the odds of what other people say, what other people feel, and just saying, no, I'm capable of doing something. And I'm a firm believer of that. And if you listen, it is a thing. A lot of the negativity comes from yourself or from very few experiences, I feel. This is my point of view. I don't think there are a lot of people in life that say, no, don't. You can't. Stop it. It's, it's something ingrained in our brains or it's from some other place at one point in time. You're like, there's somebody in my third grade who was a shithead to me, so I can't be that. Everyone else, you know probably says, yeah, if, if there's someone you like and want to have in your life that support you and, you know, have love for you, they wouldn't be that way. They would be supportive and wanting these things for you. So that's very important. That's very significant. And Finn talked about it. And it was really moving and really great. And then to see him win at SummerSlam and, and have that moment and his parents were there, the demon parents of Finn Balor, it was, it was great. And then to find out that night, it's, oh, he's injured. Oh, he may have to have surgery. Next day, he's going to have to have surgery. He's going to have to relinquish the title. Like, oh my God, this is fucking devastating. After every after hearing this, and I'm just a small blurb of it, and to know what he's gone through, it was really, really devastating. Um, and it's, it's, it's just rough. Uh, it, I, I, I can't believe it, you know? So that was... That was a significant moment of the weekend to see the greatest moment and then the most devastating moment within 24 hours time for one man uh, who accomplishes his dream. So uh, he's going to get better and he's going to come back and he's going to kick ass and it's going to be cool. And then Bailey debuts. Yay! Everybody's happy. So, you know, before we wrap things up here, I got to tell you, uh, I went and did a lot of stuff. Sure, I did a lot of work, right? But I also got something exclusive for you guys. Now, I know you're saying like, hey, is it is it one of those interviews you're talking about? Are you going to play the Finn Balor interview here? No, no, I'm not. Hey, what about the Seamus one? I'll settle for Seamus. No, I'm sorry. Again, I can't do it. What about the other one? Uh, uh, Sami Zayn? Or, you know, no, no, sorry. I can't do that. But I got something special for you guys. I got something totally different. As I was talking about earlier, you know, like these these uh, these new entrances and songs and everything that's happening, like WWE is putting on some great packaging for the product, you know? So Vince McMahon has to watch all this stuff and approve all these things. So, you know, this Barclays Center, I was wandering around the arena. I got a little lost, right? I got a little lost with my recorder and... Um, happened to go in and see a meeting between Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon where Kevin Dunn was showing new entrances of the wrestlers for Vince McMahon to approve. And I hit record, just hid in the bushes, you know, some, some ferns and some plants nearby, and they didn't know what was going on. So I really hope you enjoy the audio I captured with Kevin Dunn showing new wrestling entrances to be approved by Vince McMahon. Yes, so, uh, Mr. McMahon, I thought I would show you uh, the, the new entrances to get approved so we can have them for SummerSlam weekend. <laughs> all right, all right, you know, little rodent, all right. All right, uh, play the first one here. I, I got a lot of things to do, so just 
play the first one. Here we go. <clears throat> All right, who is this? What is this? This is Naomi. Yes, uh, so we've done some new things here. As you can see, we're using, using different lighting and we've made a more techno version of our song. Here, put on these headphones and you'll hear. Oh, what is this? She's dancing ah, like that when she was a funkadactyl. Mm -hmm. What is all this? She's glowing. Yes, we thought we would use these neon clothing. And yes, we would also use this black lighting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've been saying it for years. And no one believed me. I knew it. Black people glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. It's about time we capitalize on this and reveal the truth. Well, no, Mr. McMahon, that's not really the case for what has happened. <laughs> Stop eating cheese in front of me, for God's sakes. All right, now show me the next video. That's fine. That's fine. I approve of that one. Show me the next one. Okay, this is Finn Balor. Yes, he's been in NXT for some time. It's Triple H has been dealing with him, but now he's ready for the main roster. And we're going to show this new entrance at SummerSlam. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, cue the tape. Here we go. Uh -huh. Let's take a look here, uh, what we got? Mm-hmm. Oh, what, where is he? I don't even see him yet. Everything's, everything's dark. Uh-huh, there's just a lot of guitar. Yeah, what's going on? What's going on, where is he? I don't see him. Oh, that's him. He's crawling along the ground. Yes, do you see him there? Oh, he's a midget? All right, good. Well, I think we, uh, where, where, where are all the midgets we got? Where's Hornswoggle? It'd be tag team partners? Uh, no, you let Hornswoggle go some time ago. Why the hell would I do that? I wasn't paying him that much anyway. Oh, is this, uh, we got El Torito? Can we put El Torito with him? No, you got rid of El Torito as well. They're all gone. And he's, he's not a little person. No, no, he's, he's a full-grown-sized man. Well, then why the hell is he crawling on the ground for? Stand up like a person. You stand up. Stand up. Uh, this is a tape. You can't, you can't tell him to stand up. This is a pre-recorded segment. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, there we go. Now he's standing. Okay. What's, what's all that shit on him? What's all that shit? He's got a bunch of shit on him. Is he, a, is he a dirty, is he a dirty homeless man? What is all that? What are those dreads? What is this? No, no, he's got, he's got body paint on him. He's a, he's a demon. He's got demon teeth and then demon tongue. <laughs> all right, that's a little strange. I don't know if I like this. I mean, I do like that it's slow. It's slow, I like that. You know, I'm timing it right now. This is. This is slower than Randy Orton. I love it. This is great. I love a slow entrance. And this is slower than Randy Orton. Because the beauty of this is, I don't have to show as much wrestling. We can, have, we can have slow, boring entrances like this. And we can cut out more wrestling with just longer entrances. I love it. This I approve of. This is great. I accept. And you know what? Put the, put the, uh, the championship on this kid. Yeah, that is great. Uh, I'm all for it. Okay, yes, ah, oh, wonderful. Yes, okay, so here's the final one here. This is a new acquisition. A Triple H is currently busy, so he wanted you to look at this. 
Yes, mm, this is for NXT TakeOver tonight. God damn it, get that Monterey Jack cheese out of my face. Get it out of here. Yeah, great. Wash your hands, will ya? Alright, who is this? Alright, who is this? Who is this guy? This is Bobby Roode. Uh-huh, I don't know who that is. It's Bobby Roode. You, you have not heard of Bobby Roode? No, no, why would I have? Wait, wait, why is this saying, why does the screen say glorious? What is that all about? Uh, because he's, he's, uh, he's, he's glorious. Hey, Bobby Roode, you, you're not aware of him? He's from TNA. What the hell's glorious about that? There's nothing glorious about that. A TNA acquisition? That's not an acquisition. That's, that's just, uh, that's, there's no perks in that at all. It's just helping out somebody who's less privileged. It's doing charity work is what it is. We're doing charity work for this guy. What's glorious about this? I don't see one glorious aspect about it. Well, don't you even think the song is catchy? Don't you think this is fun? Like you're flying through the sky? Like it's, like you're, it's streaming through a rainbow or something? No. No, I don't think it's any of that. I think this is dumb. I don't like it. There's nothing glorious about Bobby Roode. I like the song. I like the song. I think it's a good song, but no way should it go to this. This never was. This TNA never was. You know who, the, who should this go to? We should give this to Braun Strowman, because he's glorious. Oh, no, not again. Yeah, he's he's a glorious man. He's always glorious. I will give it. Yeah, I'll give it. Braun Strowman's glorious. Brad Strowman, So you can you can change around a little bit. You get Jim Johnson, change around a little bit, and he, he's glorious. He's glorious because he's so big. Oh, that's glorious. He's over three hundred pounds. He could have lifted a lot of weights. Oh, that's uh, that's glorious right there. That's what that is. Oh, come on, this is this can't be the case. I mean, think. Look at Bobby Roode. He's a technical wrestler. He's He's very good at what he does. He's like a mini Triple H. Mini is glorious. Big is glorious. Grab it from his kid, take it away from him, and fire his ass right away. Don't show it to Triple H. Don't do anything. You just, you give, you give it to Braun Strowman. I love Braun. I love him. So there, there you have it. I mean, the, you know, the, the, I was spotted shortly there afterwards. I, I cut out all the stuff of uh, everyone asking me what I was doing there. Uh, security beat me down. Um, it, it was just a bad situation. But I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I got beaten severely within an inch of my life. But I'm okay. I didn't need surgery. I'm tougher than Finn Balor I am. So there you have it. It was a, it was a crazy weekend. So yes, things were a little bit late. I didn't plan well enough ahead to do perhaps another Get Strict episode or something like that. But, you know, speaking of which, go back and listen to, listen to last week's episode, uh, sitting with Lehman Parker, who I've known for years, a great friend um, and magician extraordinaire, where we watch Endgame starring Kurt Angle. My God, what a piece of shit that movie is. And so much to talk about from that. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it. So much fun. Also, iTunes, rate and review. That helps us show out tremendously. You know, gets gets more people uh, listening, shows up in the algorithms popping up there. So if you give a, you know, the old rate and review, that would be greatly appreciated. And you can also check me out doing other great stuff each and every week after Buzz TV, SmackDown Live after show. 
uh, where we're, we, we talk about SmackDown and everything that goes on in that show. I don't know if you know what happened on Smack... Uh, uh, what's that show called? Smack Talk Live. The Miz went off on Daniel Bryan. Holy shit, that was crazy. We get all into that. It was good stuff. So uh, there's that. Wrestling Compadre Slamcast on Fox Sports, as I've alluded to before. Finn Balor. The full interview is there. Uh, I say the full interview like I played some of it here. I didn't do that at all. <laughs> None of that happened. So the interview is there. Check out the interview uh, where I get to talk with Finn. Um, and also this week, this just happened a few hours ago. This was crazy cool. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett stopped by in the studio. We recorded a, a full interview with him. Why do I keep saying full interview? What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm making myself laugh by my delirium. Uh, Jeff Jarrett does a lengthy interview. It is great. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And of course, I talked to him about MMA Jeff Jarrett. Oh my God, it's the best. But Jeff is Jeff is a genuine, kind guy, and it was great. And uh, I'm really excited for that. So you're going to be seeing that being posted everywhere. And then, of course, in the upcoming weeks on that show, we got Seamus, Baron Corman, Sami Zayn, and a whole lot more. And, of course, on your mark. Oh, big news! The the launch. So YouTube.com slash on your mark show. You got to check that out. But there are now T-shirts. If you want to support on your mark directly and get you some gear, get you some new shirts, well, you can do that right over at Pro Wrestling Tees slash OYM show. That's right. You can do that. Pro Wrestling Tees slash OYM show. There are four shirts available uh, you can get one, you can get two. Hell, you could get all four. Why even think about three at that point? So those are there available. Um, if you got those shirts, tweet them out. Tweet them out. Uh, OYM show on Twitter uh, or at Curtain Jerks. I'll happily share them on with Marky Extreme. We got a good working relationship, him and I. Uh, me and Skeeter Skyflyer, <laughs> not so much. That guy is, oh, what a prima donna. He doesn't show it on camera, but good Lord. Good Lord. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and I'm happy to be back in California. So thank you for wrestling. Oh, boy. So I thank you, the listener, for listening. And as always, I'm Scott Narver. Enjoy your wrestling, kids!